Hey, what's up, Warrior? It is Jeff here from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 431. So last week's rant on the disturbing data about the declining health and fitness of our military recruits, and frankly, even the soldiers who are in branches of our military right now, was hopefully a wake-up call to anyone who sees the parallels of the need in your own life to be in the best shape that you can be, no matter how old you are or how challenged you may be or what the conditions are of your life. Now, this is such a critical factor in your ability to be warrior ready, as we like to call it, that we're going to be focusing more on this topic in the coming months to give you as many tools and resources as possible to really take control of your ability to perform as your and your family's protector. In fact, this coming month, our Warrior Life Academy All Access members are going to be learning from a new instructor in our network, Dan John, who at 67 years old is a prime example of not just how to train for maximum function of your body, but also take a more holistic view of your life and what you want to achieve to make sure that your brain, your body, and your backbone are all in alignment with your goals. Now, if you're an All Access member, I highly encourage you to tune in for this special training that's coming up and to give everyone a glimpse into our upcoming Warrior Workshop and a more realistic approach to health, vitality, strength, fitness, and even longevity Here's a sneak peek at the first part of our training to give you a solid foundation to build your own plan on. Plus, don't forget to grab our handy one-page cheat sheet inside the Warrior Life Academy's special loot locker section, because we've taken all the notes for you for this podcast episode, and you'll find our past episode cheat sheets in there as well, and a bunch of other cool resources there waiting for you right now. And it's all absolutely free for you to download, so all you have to do is just go over to www.warriorlife.com loot and you'll find it all waiting for you right there. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, what's up, Warrior? Uh, listen, I, I recently did a broadcast where I was ranting about the state of our of our nation's children when it comes to physical fitness. And it's after there have been recent reports from the Pentagon and outside like watchdog agencies that 75% of today's youth is considered unfit for service. Now, that's mainly due to obesity at an early age. And in fact, studies of new recruits have revealed that years of a sedentary lifestyle have literally produced children with weaker bone structure that are more prone to injury. And these are the soldiers that are really struggling the most when it comes to getting combat ready when they when they get to their units and when they get into basic training. And so they're not able to perform as well on the battlefield as other people that are used to living a more fit lifestyle. Now, in my rant, outside of medical issues that can absolutely be a challenge to bring in uh Bring in children who are, you know, a better shape. I mean, I guess I get it. There are going to be medical reasons that some people are not able to maybe live a more fit lifestyle. Basically, I was pointing the finger more at the parents who are raising children in the shadow of their own poor diet and exercise habits and setting their kids up for a poor quality of life that's filled with medical conditions and less opportunity in careers and in relationships. Now, in the military, every one of us knows that a fat soldier is a dead soldier and is literally a threat to the battlefield effectiveness of the unit, but also to the very lives of our fellow squad and platoon members who are counting on us to be able to pull our own weight. And I mean, literally pull our own weight and then back us up when the bullets start flying. Now, likewise, in the civilian world, you and I both know that you 
are your own and your family's first responder. So you may be the one who must defend them in an attack or lift a beam off of their body as a result of a natural disaster or carry or drag their unconscious body out of a burning home. So at that moment, you will be warrior ready. What is that going to take? Now, you don't have to be Navy SEAL fit to be able to accomplish any of these life-saving feats of strength. But the question is, what are you going to do to be prepared for that moment? And where do you start your path, no matter what age or shape you're in right now, if you recognize the need to be in better physical condition? All right. So that's what we're here to find out. So welcome back, Warrior. This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of Warlife.com and the Warlife Academy. And with me today is our special guest, who is an author and accomplished strength coach, Dan John. Dan, welcome to the program, man. Hey, thanks so much. I, I appreciate it. My dad, Al John, he was a he was a sergeant on World War. In fact, he was uh, he was stationed in Pearl Harbor uh, up to November 1941. Mm. So he was there when the Great Draft went. And it's funny because he told me as young when I was young how so many of the draftees coming in at World War II were malnourished and how many of them had rickets rickets was a huge problem with that group uh <clears throat> it was and uh it just it's interesting because i think every generation by law thinks the uh the generation coming up uh will have is going to struggle and i mean there's always truth to that but i like what you said there uh in the intro to my new book uh, Frank Leonard mentions he's just a he's an accountant he's a London school of economics guy he does easy strength, and he was able to save somebody who weighed 200 pounds, uh, pulled him up out of the water onto a dock, and he feels that his body was saved and this man's life was saved by his ability to to do a deadlift. And uh, and it's just interesting that all uh, you got my mind rattling already, so it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing some of the uh, the data that's coming out, and um, you know, I, I, being in the military for. Uh, I'm a combat veteran, 10 years, and I was always the 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 uh, weight control NCUIC for any of the units that I was in. And so the last podcast that I did just really, um, uh, it was kind of a mad get off my lawn kind of a rant from an old dude. So, um, but it really, you know, it's it's something that we really focus in a lot on within our, our community. But like, what does it mean to be a warrior? It's not just a bumper sticker. It's not just a t-shirt you wear. You've actually got to do stuff. So I'm really excited about getting into, uh, getting into the, the broadcast today. Now, listen, everybody, if you're not familiar with Dan's work yet, he's competed at the highest levels of fitness, including competition in Olympic lifting, the Highland Games, um, as an all-American discus thrower, and even American world record holder, American record holder for the weight pentathlon, which I'd never heard before, but um, that's pretty amazing. I mean, he's got a lifetime of this and his books on weightlifting and fitness include titles such as Before We Go, Can You Go, Never Let Go, among others. And he's also co-written several other books with noted experts in the field, such as Pavel Tatsulin as well. Now, today, Dan spends his time blending weekly workshops and lectures with full-time writing and supporting his coaching students in his online university for personal health, fitness, and overall wellness. Now, you can check out more about Dan and his work. You can just go on over to www.danjohnuniversity.com, and you'll be able to find a whole lot of more information there. So, Dan, in following your work, um, I know you have a very kind of a holistic and a functional viewpoint of how to train the body. And you talk a lot about some of the biggest mistakes that people make in their training. One of the concepts that I found really interesting, and I think 
I think it serves as really like helpful for tapping into the foundation of where people are starting at and when they're looking at their fitness program and getting something set up. You have this uh, this view called concept first for structuring program design. So can you tell us more about why this factor is so important and how to apply it to how we train? Well, it goes back to, uh, so I was there when I think the fitness industry imploded. Um, and, and, the, and it's not a rip on anything I'm about, the people I'm about to say or anything, but so when I was young, I started lifting weights in 1965, and you know, and I was uh, I was on the platform Olympic lifting in 1975, and I was a discus thrower. So you know, we lifted weights to for performance, and so we did. The bar was first off uh, the bar, uh, the barbell. So that right there puts me as an outlier. Uh, my early training was just the barbell. And we we picked it up off the ground. We we put it overhead, either pressing, snatching, or jerking. Uh, we picked it up, cleaned it, and did squats. Either either you kind of threw it over the back of your neck. You did front squats. And then in '75, and I was there. I was at the premiere of Pumping Iron, and uh, all of a sudden, Arnold's, you know, the bodybuilding stuff. Jane Fonda with Go for the Burn, completely. And it's interesting. The Jane Fonda thing is fascinating in a thousand ways. But the most interesting thing is that she chose to go with VHS tapes. Uh, and uh, she actually, uh, boy, you always want to be the first person in on a wave. You know, you always want to be, you know, you could be the three-time world, uh, whatever the game championship is, if you get in there early enough. So what happened is, and, and most of our listeners, uh, I can guarantee, still think this way. Uh, it's the Frankenstein's monster approach. Uh, you are a collection of body parts. Uh, if you ever use the word arm day, you're not a performance athlete. If you say chest day, you're probably not really a warrior. I mean, the funny thing is, I guarantee the bulk of the people we ever worked with in the military, it was bench press and curl. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, th- you know, when you, <laughs> when you look at our modern opponents, none of them look like, uh, Arnold in, uh, Predator. <laughs> uh, if you, but they, they fight very, very well. So, you know, we always joke in my world, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. And I know it's sexist, but it's still funny. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you think arm day, leg day, this exercise builds up the serratus or the quad or you're stuck in Frankenstein's monster and you're stuck. And until you get out of that mindset, which is just about impossible, because that is the dominant uh, in theology with a great term called steno symbol. OK, steno symbol. It's when I say a word or phrase, your mind instantly goes to one place. So if you and I are talking about Bob, and I say it's terrible about what happened to Bob, and you lean in and go, oh, my, what's wrong with Bob? And I go, well, you know, he's fighting stage four cancer. And you go, what? Well, I'm talking about Bob Jones. You're thinking Bob Smith. That is a steno symbol. So when I say lift weights, most of your audience thinks double bicep. When I say cardio, which is probably the stupidest phrase you can possibly use as a human person, uh, we're both doing cardio right now because our hearts are beating. Ergo, we're doing cardio. And by the way, sleeping, sitting, and walking are the most efficient ways to burn fat. And you don't, so folks, listen to Dan John. Sleep more, sit more, go for a walk. There you go. There's your. (laughs) there's your program there's your olympic training program yeah Yeah, there you go there it's cutting edge folks 
So a steno symbol, uh, so the steno symbol in the fitness world has been since 1975, and we're getting on 50 years of this, so it's going to be hard to to overcome. First is Frankenstein training with with weights, and then for cardio, you got to go for this burn somehow. Uh, it is very, uh, it's very traditional uh, theology here that you you sin somehow getting weight. So we've got to we got to torture the body back into shape, and they're both very poor ways to do high performance. So the concepts of this in the weight room, I break I break exercises down into five big things. Uh, push. That's when the environment you you separate yourself from the environment. However you do it, it can be an opponent, it can be a barbell, it can be the the ground. Pull is when you bring the environment to you, however you do that. And it can be wrestling, it can be pull-ups, it can be rows, whatever. There's the hinge, which is what you would do before you jump, maximal hip bend, appropriate knee bend. And of course, then there's a squat, maximal hip bend again, but maximal knee bend with it. And I change careers uh, by just having people goblet squat. The inventor of the goblet squat is considered probably the smartest man in the history of the fitness industry. Do you know who that is? Who invented the goblet squat? I've never heard of that squat before. So, um, I mean, it was me. me. You see it in every (laughs) magazine. It's where you hold the belt. It's when you hold the belt here and squat now. Okay. And then there's loaded carries, which is funny. When I talked to my, I did a whole series of workshops over in Okinawa, Korea, you know, a whole bunch of other places probably should, shouldn't even mention those. But And I was with a, a group of our uh, special forces in the Army, and I kept emphasizing uh, loaded carries. That's uh, So a carry is the farmer walk. You got two weights in your hand. Suitcase walk, you got one weight in your hand. Uh, waiter walk is one weight overhead. Carrying a heavy sandbag or a person, which I, I like a lot more, uh, is a bear bear hug carry. Dragging a sled, pushing a prowler, okay? And then you combine them. You do farmer walks with a heavy backpack, dragging a sled, okay? Mm-hmm. And I said, for you guys, I don't know why you guys even do push-ups and pull-ups. I mean, how often does that really happen? And I said, for you guys, you'd be doing loaded carries. Well, after I left, the the two-star that was there sat down with the sergeant who brought me in. And he goes, okay, I think what I heard was this. And so the sergeant pulled up a whole bunch of pictures of the army special forces in action and most of the pictures were them lunking you know lumping this to there uh one of his most famous things he ever had to do is they had to carry all these uh gallons of uh, helicopter fuel so that the helicopter could come in refuel on the special uh, event refuel and then take off so their job was they were a they were a gas station. They had to make a gas station out in the boonies somewhere that took them a long time to get to. So this is this is one of the ways I look at things. Uh, push, pull, hinge, squat, load, a carry. Then I also move back much more than most coaches. Uh, I I it, you should at least have a seasonal approach to training. At least like in the fall. That's Football, very disciplined sport, back to school, discipline. I like discipline training programs in the fall. Those are ones that are do this programs. You know, you know what you're going to do 12 weeks out. This is what you're expected to do. In the winter, especially here where I live, where it's cold and snows, it snowed this morning. Go heavy, go hard, go home. In the spring, I like the idea, you know, 
Winter is also wrestling and basketball, you know, fairly intensive, but short, you know, short, explosive. In the spring, you know, we go outside, it's track and field, it's time to get more running. In the summer, get in the water, you know, go to the beach, run around, play hide and go seek, play tag. My brother Gary once told me, not long, he said, I got two brothers who are disabled from NOM. Three went to NOM, two came back disabled. And Gary told me one time that the thing that saved his life was playing hide and go seek as a kid. Uh, I'm cons- and hide and go seek and tag might be the oldest games humans play. And they're both amazing for survival and, you know, all the other things. In the summer then, you know, play, get in the water, move around, throw the Frisbee. Um, it's a great time to go and, you know, move, you know, climb trees or do pull-ups or monkey bars. And I even pull out even bigger. I look at eight and 10 year and 20 year blocks for my people. So I'm 65. So, you know, I'm looking 20 years down the line, 85. Um, it's going to be radically different 20 years than 45 to 65 and certainly radically different from 25 to 45. So you have to sometimes step back and make those big pictures. So that's it. That'd be the concept approach. The idea of using what's between your years to plan and look at things and, and make some big decisions long-term. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, um, that's interesting because I mean, I've done, I've done bodybuilding stuff too. And, and you're right. It's like, it's very, it's a lot of isolation exercises trying to make the bicep grow and then trying to make the tricep grow and then the forearms. And then there's all these different components of it. And, um, and that's what you see most people doing when you go to the gym. Right. Um, and in the military, you know, oftentimes what we would do would be doing circuits, which are still sometimes, I mean, most of them are compound movements that we do. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. But to your point, it's it's based upon the mission, right? So if the military didn't design like, hey, we want everybody to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, let's go ahead and like stick everybody in the gym. And like, that was more of like an extracurricular activity. Our, you know, physical training in the morning was not usually going to the gym. Every some every now and then, if it was the winter and it was just like hardcore, like like blizzard outside, we might do that. But the military has kind of really understood that it's our bodies that are doing the work. Um, our bodies that that might be the weight for somebody. We used to do like, um, you know, things like uh, squats were with somebody on your shoulders or yeah. or doing piggyback and things like that. Right. But they mimic things that hey, we want these guys. I mean, everything was built around the mission, right? They're going to be out in the battlefield then we need them to to get strong in the things that that combat is going to ask of them. And so we like to, you know, within the warrior life community, and we talk, we cover things like um, survival, firearms, and self-defense. And so when you think about it, if you are, if you are ambushed in a parking lot, and you have to fight your way to your gun, or as I said, in the introduction, if it is a, the house is burning and you wake up in the middle of the night and you smell smoke and your partner is next to you and they're unconscious from smoke inhalation and you have to get them out of the, uh, out of the, the house, like those are, that's not like, okay, wow, glad I did those bicep curls. You know, that's going to help me out. Um, there's more to it than that. And using the body as a complete, a complete unit, right? Yeah. I mean, I always use the example, this is a long time ago, but I had this old pickup truck and I showed up to help this older man move out of his house. Well, one of his great grandsons showed up and he had this, you know, he had this typical Utah four by four thing with all the stuff on it and all. 
And I walked, dog, walked over with a box to put it in the back and said, no, 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 I don't want to scratch the bed of my truck. And I thought to myself, I can't summarize the modern problem better than that. You've got this million dollar looking uh, device, but you're afraid to scratch it. That's not a why even have a truck if you're not going to use it, you know? And that's the problem for a lot of people. They, 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 <laughs> at Highland Games, you know, I l- used to love it when guys would show up and they, you know, that do that silly bodybuilding thing where they cut this off and then rolled this up like this and they'd all be like this and their girlfriend would be wearing, you know, something you would, well, I'll, I'll try to be appropriate. <laughs> um, and I just knew I was going to destroy this guy because you can't skull crush the shot put. You know, you can't, you can't throw a shot put like this, you know, mm. and uh, that's how they think. They think, uh, I've had people ask me, what muscle does this build? You know, I'm thinking that's the body is one piece. Memorize that the body is one amazing piece. Now it's obvious sometimes, like I always say, if, you know, if you got diarrhea, I'm not spotting you in the back squad today. You know, you're not going to do a max attempt. Um, if you just broke up with your girlfriend, it's not a good day to do the, you know, the Olympic snatch. Um, the body is one piece. So whenever I train, I never use muscles. I never talk about, I, in fact, I think it's, I mean, obviously I know the muscles and I know everything else. That's one thing I've stopped talking about the fact that the human body has 600 muscles. I now say that the human body has one muscle that's subdivided into 600 different places. Mm. Uh, and that. And, and the nervous system is the most important thing I train. And the more I train your nervous system, the more efficient you're going to be. Um, you know, I think there's a great scene in Forrest Gump where he's, uh, you know, he's uh, tearing down his his, his uh, rifle and putting it back together. To me, that's the, that that's that nervous system training is what I try to do. Uh, you know, maybe my athletes don't look as good as your athletes, but we win. And because we are focused on the task mm-hmm. and when you get away from, so I have a phrase everyone quotes me on that. In fact, this what kind of made me famous. If you don't, I mean, that's kind of a strange thing to say, Jeff, but it's true. Uh, the goal is to keep the goal, the goal. So, uh, and there's a nice phrase. If you're up to your butt in alligators, it's too late to ask why we drain the, sc- uh, the swamp. It's the same thing, but originally it was the mission is to keep the mission the mission and the the important thing is constantly being mission focused what are the what are we trying to do here what what are we honestly trying to do now this this morning i was working with an athlete and we're trying to get her to throw the discus farther and if any of you guys want to feel sad about yourself she's quite a bit stronger than all of you but uh when I'm focusing on a discus thrower, I stick with the mission is, and that's to throw things farther. If you're, I mean, if you're worried about security, you know, you can have all the guns you want in the house, but you know, if you leave your gate open and, or if you leave, you know, if you leave the gas on and you're a smoker, uh, you know, well, they're right there. <laughs> if you smoke, I don't want to hear about your discussion about, you know, uh, longevity. Um, so that, that that's just a general overview. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, I, and I love that concept also. I mean, the mission is to keep the mission, the mission. And, and um, I mean, gosh, it's, it's funny. Like I use this even in 
weight loss programs and in, in, in bodybuilding programs. Like it's hard for people to really stick with program, with programs, unless you are like, if you're a dedicated athlete, then you have a reason why, right. For, I think for a lot of people, they don't necessarily have a reason why, like they know they should be in better shape. They know they should be stronger. They know they should eat better. But if you don't have a, a legitimate reason why to do it, then when that donut pops up at the, uh, at the break room at work, you don't have anything to compare it with. Like, which do you want more? Is the mission still the mission or nah, you know what? I'm going to, it's not really like a, a hardcore mission, you know? So that reason why is, um, is extremely important to be able to stay on track with things. Um, yeah, I agree, Jeff. So I have a weightlifting meet coming up in uh, two weeks, I guess now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Two weeks from Saturday. And I need to get my body weight down. So when I step on the scale, I have to weigh a certain amount of weight and then I'm going to walk out onto a platform and throw weights over my head. So what I've noticed in the last uh, week or so is that all of a sudden I'm getting real tight on my diet. I've noticed that uh, uh, I'm getting very careful about every single time I put my hands on the, on the, on the bar because in two weeks I'm going to be in front of 300 people. It's not going to be a big meet and I'm going to be judged by how I do it. So one of the things I do, and this is, if do you mind if I just kind of, just kind of go my little system? Yeah, go for it. So it's called five twos, and I sit down with the client. And I say the first two is two decades from now, and that's why I said eighty five earlier. You know, what do you want to? And I say about two decades, uh, Jeff. It's so far ahead that you can have some real honesty and clarity. Like you know, if you're a twenty year old athlete. You're in two decades. Well, for one thing, I hope you're not in college anymore. Uh, and in two decades, I, you know, you, well, you know, maybe you'll be in a relationship. You, I, you prob, maybe, probably, I don't know, have kids. You might have a job or you might own your business. So what do you want your, your physical body to be like? And I tell you, it really opens doors. The next one is two years from now, which is, which is nice. So I sit down and we get some clarity about two years. Two years is far enough away, but close enough. With adults, I then do two months. Um, I mean, really, as we talk here, you know, we're looking at the middle. Hard to believe this. We'll be in January. It will be in uh, 2023, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll already be past the uh, the Super Bowl will be coming right up. The 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 Bowl Championship Series will be behind us. Uh, all the resolutions we made after uh, January 1st will already be forgotten. So it's close enough, but far enough. And then the last two are today and tomorrow. And I believe that you build bricks to your success, but you have to know. So in 20 years, I want to dance at my granddaughter's wedding. Mm. That's very important to me. Leo, my grandson is 17 months. I'd kind of like to be around for him. You know, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to go to his games or his whatever he does. I don't care if it's a football game or a a recital. I don't care. I'd like to be there for it. So that means I have to make good decisions today so that I'll be around 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. When I think about two years from now, gee, I'm going to be 67. I still would like to be Olympic lifting. I would still like to be trying. My theory of training is a little different than some. If you lift three days a week, I call it three by 52. I lift, check that, I don't lift. I lift three days a week and I do mobility and flexibility and a little bit of, I use weights to uh, improve my posture and stuff. 
So for my training program, it's called, I call it five by 52. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, no one day is that important to me, but five by 52 is important. Mm -hmm. So in two years, boy, that's five by 104. How much, how much quality I can hurt, I can hurt myself. I can do some dumb things, but if I stay on track, I'll do good things. And then by the time January kind of rolls around, I mean, I'll have, I'll, uh, I'll have a new, I'll have a new book published in January. I'll have, you know, uh, we'll have gone, we've, we'll have gone through the Thanksgiving, the Christmas and the new years. And ideally, not only will I be at the weight I want to lift at, but maybe even a little bit lighter. And how do I build that? Well, each and every day, this is the list of things I do. It's my little daily pirate map. And if I do, if before I go to bed, I write my to-do list down for the next day. I make sure the I wake up to the smell of coffee because I make my coffee to wake, wake me up in the morning. And then uh, first thing in the morning, I, I do a 15-minute meditation. I have a little bit of uh, I have a little bit of the concussion issues, and the meditation helps. I fast and drink coffee until I lift, and then after I lift, I eat vegetables and protein and drink water every meal. And if I do that, brick by brick by brick by brick by brick, twenty years from now, barring something you know sad or tragic, I'll be dancing at Josephine's wedding. And that's how I vision things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I love that concept. And again, it, it's, um, I like, I like how you started that off with, you know, the reason why when you really look at our lives, I think too many people get into is just kind of repair mode. Right. And look, I'm, I've been guilty of it also, you know, it's a very stressful week or whatever food is a drug, you know, and do you really feel like going to lift, you know, and if you don't have a reason why, if you don't do those things, then, you know, it's very easy to just set aside what your goals are and just flop on the couch and eat a donut or eat a pizza or something like that. Um, you know, I think in the, in the rant that I had in, in the get off my lawn rant, uh, that I went through, it was about like, um, from the warrior's perspective, from you've got to be your own first responder. You can't count on the police to be there when you're attacked. You can't count on rescue workers to be there in a, in a disaster. Like it might just be you. And a lot of what we did also was just about leading by example common military mission, right? Or even as a parent trying to lead by example. And I think that a lot of times what we see nowadays is excuses, excuses for parents, excuses for the children. You're, you were, you were born with, you got mom's genes, you got dad's big bone, uh, you know, structure and everything. And so it ends up becoming just, a. it's easier just to kind of look the other way or just kind of play the victim role, I guess, almost. But, um, in helping to for people to take ownership of their own health, that's what I love most about what you just said, like to really start to look ahead and what do you want to be there for and realize that uh, on a personal level, if you don't make the right choices, you're not going to be able to do those things. Um, but also for the children um, and leading by example, setting them up for the health conditions that they'll have to deal with possibly for the rest of their life, just by how they get things started. Hey there, Warrior, Jeff jumping back in here. Okay, so I really hope that's enough to whet your appetite to really take an honest look at where you are now with your own goals of being Warrior Ready. And some great advice from Dan there on simple steps you can take to build out the foundation of where you go from here 
to get in better shape. Now in the rest of our training, Dan dives deeper into exactly what exercises work best for working your entire body as one unit and how he breaks his training up into each age group from birth to those of us who are in the over 55 group and even how to design the perfect workout for any age and any goal without even having to join a gym. And to bring it all together, we work out next month's mini mission where our all access members get to personalize the training with our follow-up application tasks to compete for next month's grand prize drawing, as well as take part in our follow-up Ask Me Anything session as we bring Dan back to the training zone. Now, if you want to jump in on this training and take advantage of all the other Warrior Life Academy features, you can check it all out at warriorlife.com academy. We hope to see you at the training. And until then, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.